I just wanted to welcome you, especially if you're visiting this morning and you're just checking out really what's what we're uh, about and what we're talking about as we really believe we've got this great message. And um, for the church, I know that we're carrying on a, a series in 1 John um, in the, the letter, first letter of John to the churches. But um, I'm just, instead of going into that, I just really felt there was a word from God for us at the moment. And um, so I really want to spend some time in that. And uh, we will get to the end of 1 John. Uh, but this morning, I want us just to think about three stories that Jesus spoke to um, his followers. And these stories, these parables, these stories with meaning, these teaching um, elements of Jesus. So I think there's something to be said for us today, particularly in this time uh, with the coronavirus and the lockdown and everything. And it comes from Luke 15 and a, a parable, which is what these are called, were stories that were would help Jesus teach something. And part of what we're doing is well, when we're listening to this, we're looking at not only what is the picture that's being formed is teaching us, but also who are we in that story? When we understand who we are in that story, it helps us to um, understand what the real truth is that we're learning. So um, I'm just going to look at these. It's in Luke chapter 15 and um, it's quite a lot of reading. It's the whole chapter. So I'm just going to read a couple of them and then I'm just going to summarise the last one just to keep the time down. And uh, it says in verse one, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbours, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. Now in this parable, he tells, this is a bit more reading, so I'll summarize it, of two sons. And one of the younger sons says to his father, can you give me the inheritance now? And then um, rather than wait until you die. And the father agrees. And this one son takes what um, is his inheritance, leaves the home, goes into a far off land, wastes all his money. And then there's a famine in the land. And he loses everything and he finds himself um, as a Jew feeding pigs in a, um, in a, as, a, as a kind of like a slave, really, or as a servant in a, in a farm. The lowest of the low place for a Jew to be. And in this state, he comes to himself and he kind of has this realisation moment, says, I could be far, far better off. I went back to my father and said, could I at least be a servant? Because he knew that um, he had given up his place as a son, as it were. And so he decides to go back. 
And uh, we then read that the father sees him coming. He's, he's in a place where he's looking out into the uh, into the fields and he sees his son coming. He runs to his son. And as his son starts to say this, Bill, you know, you know, uh, you know, forgive me. Or um, it, it says here, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. But before he could even get this out, really, the father wraps his arm around him, calls for a, a new robe and a ring to be put on his on his finger, essentially bringing him back into sonship. Calls for a great, great feast and celebrate. And he says, for my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he's found. And they began to celebrate. And the story goes on about the other brother, but it ends with this. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and he's found. So we've got these three parables, the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son. And um, why is Jesus telling these parables? Well, we see in that first verse, it says, now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus hears this grumbling and he's answering really this grumble, this criticism. And um, the tax collectors and the sinners were the lowest of the low. Tax collectors um, would be people that people would um, despise. They were seen as working with the Roman Empire, they're stealing people's money um, they, they, and then the sinners was a group of people, essentially people that were seen. Often it would be it could be prostitutes, the thieves, to anyone that was deemed to be un, unholy and unworthy. And the uh, Pharisees and the scribes <clears throat> were essentially the religious people. They're the people that knew the law. And they wouldn't even associate with those people. They wouldn't even teach them the law of God. They, they were just separated out. They were discarded. And so when they see Jesus eating and spending time with these people, that's why they're criticising him and saying, now what kind of holy man is this? What kind of teacher of the law is this? If he's going to spend time with the, these low of the low people, people we, would, we despise. And so... He wants to teach them and reveal to them something about himself and something about God through these stories. And the first one we see is the lost sheep. And interestingly in this, he says, what man of you? And I don't think that's particularly something just to overlook. He's talking to men. He's talking to the men who would look after sheep, shepherds. And um, he's also appealing, I think, to um, these Pharisees. I think they would understand about property. They'd understand about finances. They'd understand it was known that they could be um, people that are after money and position. And um, so they would have understood as well about sheep and shepherds. And in southeast London, it's not really our thing. But for them, they would have understood it. And it would have been a man's thing. And, and so he's saying to them, you know, what one of you? If you had a hundred sheep, um, if one got lost, that you would not leave the 99 in the pen and go and search until you found it. And they would have understood that idea about property. And, um, and so, but when we think about this, um, the, the Bible often uses sheep as an example of people, the shepherd as a picture of Jesus. Now in this picture, you could see Jesus as this shepherd and the sheep as people. And it's two types of people. There's the 99, he says, that need no repentance. In other words, they hadn't done anything wrong. They're in where they, the place where they need to be. But this one sheep has got lost. 
he's wandered off. And not knowing much about sheep, but apparently what we know about sheep is that they are followers. They, they are a pack uh, animal. They will generally always be together. You won't find them just all off on their own. They are very much a, 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 a body, if you like to take the people uh, analogy of people that stand together. Um, but for sheep, they will always follow one another. And um, to such a point, I remember hearing a story where um, sheep, one sheep went over the edge of a cliff and all the rest followed because that's what they did. It was very rare for, a, for one sheep to go off on their own way. And so what we can learn from this is that actually this sheep often, and, and again, I read this, that for a sheep to go get lost, to go off its way, is probably a sign of sickness in the sheep. Um, at the end of the day, it wasn't the sheep's fault that they got lost, or it was something that just the um, something that it wasn't its own choice to get lost. But nevertheless, it's lost, and um, and so Jesus, the response of this shepherd is to lead the ninety-nine, lead them in safe uh, place, and focus on that one. And, um, and I want this whole sense about the focus on one to come across um, as, we, as we just consider this this morning. Um, and when he finds this, he searches and he searches and he searches and then he finds this sheep. And he is so overjoyed, he carries it back and then he has a great party. And, um, and this is one of the things I think we can learn here. Um, because what we read and what it says about the heart of God, the heart of Jesus, he says, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. And there's some debate. Who is he talking about? Who are the 99? Is he talking about the Pharisees? I think it's just people who have given their hearts and their lives to Jesus. They've repented from their way of walking away from Jesus, their own way, and they've turned and are walking with Jesus. And so they're the people that are, are just continuing to follow Jesus. No one's perfect. We're all learning. But Jesus is really celebrating. I'm sure he celebrates when we as Christians are, are stepping out in obedience and worshipping him. Um, there's lots of joy in that. But there is a party in heaven when one sinner turns from their own way to Jesus. And that's what he's saying. If you want to know why I am with sinners and prostitutes and the, the unlovely um, all the people that aren't like you Pharisees and you scribes, you religious, you law followers, but missing the heart of what you're doing. This is the heart. The love of God wants to see people come back into a relationship with him. And that's what he's doing with the one. He's seeking to save the one. And that's what he's showing in that first picture. And then we go to the woman. So he's talking to the men. Here's an example for women that women will understand. Talking about 10 coins. Now, these coins, some think um, one of these coins is worth the day's wage of a labourer. Um, but what's interesting about this and why these coins are so special is that they could be to something like um, part of the dowry, the, the monetary gift that came at the, the wedding. And often they would be these coins that we made into like a necklace or a headdress. And so they were special. They were something very special and they were a set. So the women of the day would have understood that and they would have understood the importance of seeking and searching for this coin. Now this coin, and again, what it says here, it says a woman having 10 silver coins, she loses one coin, 
Um, does not light a lamp, or, or what woman does not light a lamp, sweep the house, seek diligently until she finds it. She loses a coin. I can just imagine, you know, when you drop something on the floor and it's amazing how far these things can roll. And so, and again, where's the, the sheep? Maybe there was sickness, there was some external thing. that Some of these mistakes we make that cause us to go the wrong way until too late, we're stuck in something, we're lost. In this situation, there was a, there was a, um, a problem, if you like, where um, it wasn't so much, some, it was really about carelessness, maybe. And maybe there's careless attitudes that we've been, um, maybe found in ignorance, maybe we haven't really thought about our actions, but we've got ourselves into a problem, into a situation we can't get out of. And so I think it really represents that. But again, she finds this coin and there's a similar party. Says, I tell you, she says she gets her friends and neighbours saying, rejoice with me, I found the coin that I'd lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. All heaven is celebrating. Now all the angels are celebrating. It's almost like we're getting closer and closer into the intimacy of, of, of the throne of God. There's a party in heaven. And so <clears throat> this same love, this searching heart, this is what Jesus is saying. Again, he's saying to the Pharisees, you want to know why I'm here? I'm a searcher of people who are lost. I want them back into my um, heart, into my life, into my family, or um, take the pictures into my house or into my pen. And so he goes on to the son. Now, this is an interesting story because... Um, when a son would um, go to his father and say, will you give me an inheritance? It was, it was really a point of shame. It was the son saying, I am effectively divorcing myself from you, from this family. And so um, that would have been a shame in the society in which they lived, maybe in the village of that day. Um, it was akin to w wishing that that dad had already died the money that he wanted was more important than the family in which he was in and so we see this son he goes he's reckless making his own choice it was his own choice to do that he went his own way he thought it would work out well but it didn't it all messed up so where the sheep maybe there was other external things that have led us down a path sickness problems different situations we found ourselves lost maybe it was just carelessness we didn't mean to but careless things had happened and we've found ourselves we're, we're lost we can't work our way back we can't get back to where we need to be in this one it was his fault he had made the choices it was his decision to go that way and so <clears throat> um, and these are really important how it's showing these three different ways in all of these ways someone is lost but in all of these situations, someone is searching. Now that the father is, we see that this man, this young lad loses everything, is in the real pit of despair, he's in a real bad situation. And unfortunately in humanity, the only time we can really stop and think about our lives is when we're brought to a really low point. And maybe in today's situation with um, the coronavirus, with the fear and the anxiety, um, and all the, the concerns that are going on at the moment, um, for many people, not, not everyone, but many people, it is often that kind of situation that makes us stop and think, 
where am I in my life? Where am I in relation to reality and truth and spirituality and life and God? And, you know, where am I? Where am I in my, in my life? It's okay to think like that. Um, and in this case, he thought like that. And he, it says he came to himself. He had a realisation. He Suddenly, the light bulb went on. He said, what am I doing here? There's better off for me if I really put my tail between my legs and I humbly went back to my father and I asked for forgiveness. And so he does. But before he even gets there, what we see about this father is that he has been looking. He's been looking out. And, and, and I think sometimes there are times where God, he sees where people are at, but he's looking for them to make the move. He's looking for them to make the step. And he's right there. This man was right there. And, and what we can understand from that, again, understanding culture that day, because of the shame on that man, the reason he ran was not because he was excited to see him alone, but because if it could be that because of the shame brought to that village, that society by his actions, villagers could have got to him, strung him up and killed him or stoned him because of the shame of his, of his actions. And so the father ran to get there first. He was looking, he was ready, he was run. Now, we don't know why he was looking at that time, but what it represents here is the father's heart to receive back his lost son. And he runs and straight away, he's right in there. He's, although the young lad asked for forgiveness, already he's forgiven him. Already he's saying, you can come back into being a son again. And so, again, you get this longing, this desire for this reconciliation. And again, we read um, that this father cries out this celebration and he says, your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. He was dead because he cut us off, but now he's come back. He was lost, but now he is found. And so in, in all of these three things you've got, the, uh, just to recap, you've got the sheep who, through no immediate fault of their own, it gets lost. And then you've got the carelessness. We don't mean to, but our, our choices, our carelessness has got us into a predicament. And then we've got our personal choices have got us into a wrong position. But in all of that, there is one who is searching, longing, yearning for the return. He's, he's willing to lead the 99. The real joy and celebration that he's looking for is in celebrating the one. And he's celebrating um, the, uh, the, the reconciliation of those that are lost. He wants to bring them back in. And so Jesus is saying, why do I eat with sinners? Because I tell you what, that's my heart. That is what I'm about. That's why I came. That's why I came to die on the cross, to reconcile people in, to take away all the boundaries or the obstacles of bringing people back. But also because I want to get right down into the depths, like into the, um, into the muck, into the mess in order to draw people out. I'm searching, I'm looking in the thickets, I'm looking in um, amongst the weeds and all the, um, I can just imagine a thick forest where this sheep was just stuck maybe um, in a crevice. And then Jesus comes and says, I've got you, I've found you. I can hear the cry of your heart and, I can, and I'm here to rescue you. And he's saying this to these Pharisees, that's why. That's why I'm meeting with the sinners, because that's who I really want to celebrate with. 
And it's this pattern of celebration again, just want to bring us back to. There's a great cry and celebration in heaven. All heaven is just singing with joy. There's a bell ringing. We heard last week from Jim, who was speaking about um, Christians against poverty. When someone, a lost person comes back to God, when someone says, I want to follow Jesus, they ring a bell and they celebrate and they praise God. Well, that a million times in heaven. But then you get closer to the throne, into the angels are singing. And then right at the throne of the Father, he himself is celebrating one more son that was lost, his back is mine again. What a wonderful picture. What a wonderful picture. And so <clears throat> we see this. You know, I, I think sometimes when we understand about being lost um, we might think, well, that's someone else that's lost. And, uh, and I just want to tell you from my personal experience, I grew up in a great family. I didn't have problems as a family. Um, I bless God for my parents. They're wonderful um, people. Got great brothers um, and great you know, extended family. Um, but growing up, I grew up in a Christian family. I grew up going to church. Now, that didn't make me a Christian, um, but I heard the message and I, I went every week uh, because I had to, essentially, and I heard the message of Jesus. And uh, when I was 18 years old, I decided to follow Jesus. God was gracious enough to just love me. And he was searching, searching, if you like. And I was lost. But I want to tell you the depths of my lostness, if that's a word. See, some people might think, you know, well, a murderers and if you were, you know, drug addicts and all these, and then they turn to Jesus. What a great celebration. I tell you what, um, for me, I didn't go, that wasn't my route. My route was something that I knew everything that Jesus did for me. It was like I was at the crucifixion every Sunday, watching him on the cross, his nails in his hands and in his feet, the spear stuck in his side and him looking at me and saying, John, I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this so you can know the Father and you can know me. And every week I'd look at it and say, I'm not interested, Jesus, and I'd walk away. I'd come back at the next meeting and I'd be presented with the same truth. For 18 years, or let's just say from when I was 10, eight years, I was presented with this grace and love of God and I turned it down. And I liken myself to someone worse than a sinner who was careless or one who had made choices to go um, or... or uh, they didn't know any better. I knew everything. I was that lost son. I was that one who made a choice to cut myself off very early on. But God loved me and he still loves me and he treated me as a son. He didn't tell me to go through a period of being guilty. He just right away, when, when by his grace, he just Loved me so much, he loved me right back into his arms. And I've, I am praising him all the way and blessing him for it. Never want anyone to think because of the bad things they've done, because they didn't know any better, are worse than me in any way. I think I am worse than them because I knew what I was doing. I knew it. Um, but God has been gracious to me. And so I want to tell you that if there is, if you, if you feel as though that you're this, if you're seeing yourself in this story, um, and you feel like you're lost. There's, there's a verse in, the, in, in uh, one translation of the Bible, the message, Psalm 33, 18. Watch this. It says, God's eye is on those who respect him, the ones who are looking for his love. He's ready to come to their rescue in bad times. In lean times, he keeps body and soul together. In other words, he's saying this. He hears the cries of our hearts in the fields. 
in our homes, in southeast London or wherever you're from, he hears the cry because his eye is, is on. He's the ones who are looking for his love. Um, if that resounds to you this morning, if you're looking for his love, he hears you, he's searching, he's longing. And, um, and he sees us when we're questioning, questioning what is going on. Why does God allow such a thing? Maybe it's one of the questions I've heard. He, he, he hears us when we're calling, when we're yearning for more. There must be more to life than this. He hears us and he's searching. Keep searching. You know, it's, it's been said, someone said to Jesus, this is an illustration, um, Jesus, how much did you love me? And he said, and it says he stretched out his arms on the cross and said this much, and he died. You know, the love of God, this is what Jesus is wanting to say to these um, Pharisees and scribes. You're all about rules and regulations. You're missing the point. This is about the love of God who changes us from the inside out. So I want to ask you, you know, um, to the church particularly, um, can you see yourself in this picture? Can you see that this that we as a church are like these shepherds? Uh, we are the church also have this great message, this message of freedom. And there are ones out there. We may think there are many, but what about the one that Jesus is searching for? And he's saying to the church, as we know in the Bible, it says the church, the, the people of God are his body, his hands, his feet. And so uh, who is the one that God is sending you to? Who is the one that you're standing next to on the bus stop waiting to get on the bus? Or who is the one in your workplace? Who is the one across the road from you? Or who is the one that you see at the park when you're doing your daily exercise? Who's the one that's on your Facebook friend list? Or who's the one who's following you on Instagram? Who's the one? If we just thought of the one, you see the cross is that is that moment where we see Jesus coming because he's coming for the one and praise God there are many ones but he's thinking about the one he's gone to find that one sheep and uh, and I think about this the, the cross was not the dimming of a bright spark the end of a great man but the beginning the turning point of the whole world the great expression of the love of God for mankind and we as the church have that message because we've experienced it and continue to experience it. So I want to ask us, I want to ask us all who's listening, who are we in these stories? And, and there are three. There's the searcher, the shepherd, the woman or the father. Are you a searcher? And as I just said, who is the one? Don't overlook the one. Don't overlook the one that lives next door or the one, as I've been explaining already. And we have this wonderful ministry, this wonderful service to society just to share with people who want to listen. The second one is this, the self-righteous. That's the Pharisee or the scribe or the religious man, the one who's my own good deeds are good enough. I can do pretty much okay where I'm at. You know, <clears throat> um, maybe people should help themselves. Maybe people should get out of their own mess. And, uh, and that's quite an easy position to make. And maybe we can think that about people, um, especially people who have made their own life, if you like. They've done well in life. They've done well in the ways of this world. They've got nice houses, nice, a lovely family. They've done pretty good. They drive a nice car, whatever's good in these days. Um, cars so much these days don't seem to be as any good anymore. Now we're stuck indoors. But maybe the size of our TV or the, or, or the goods that we have or our position in society. This is very much where these people were. They've made their own way. See, are we self-righteous? Because I'd like to submit that the self-righteous, if there were other lost people in that story, in those stories, the self-righteous were lost as well. They just didn't know it yet. 
And then you've got the lost, you've got the lost sheep, maybe a lost sheep. Maybe nobody told you any different. Maybe your choices that you've had are a product of your upbringing or culture. Um, or the situations you've faced that have forced you into these situations. But at the end of the day, you're lost. You're disconnected from the Heavenly Father, from God himself, who wants you in his life. Or maybe you're the lost coin. You've made some careless decisions. And you found yourself down a path that you never intended. And if only you could get yourself back out of it, but you just don't know how. Oh, what about if you're the lost son? Do you know what? Let's be honest. Was it because you made those choices? Were you like me who made those choices week in, week out to decide, I'm not bothered. I don't need it. I'm just going to go ahead. Do you know what? I even think, I know it's wrong. But what good, you know. Maybe you're considering there's no hope for me. There's too many big questions. Why does this happen? Why does that? There's too many big questions. But you're lost. And I don't mean to offend anyone when I talk about lost. I don't want to talk about that people are uneducated or that people are, are in some way um, stupid or um, of just, you know, ignorant. But these things of God, not everyone knows about them. Don't be afraid to admit that we're lost. The first way out of being lost is to admit that you're lost. See, the thing is, if you're lost, you know this, you are the one that God is searching for. You are the one that God, that Jesus himself is leaving the 99 to find you. And what to me as someone who was lost, what a great comfort. See, I'd like to finish with this verse. It's 2 Corinthians 6.2. This is from the New Living Translation. For God says, at just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. See, church, we, we mustn't be waiting for lockdown to be over. You know, we mustn't be thinking that when things get back to normal, maybe we should look for the one. But right now, look for the one. Look on your phone for the one. Look across the, the, uh, the fence for the one. And these are challenging. We do this prayerfully. We pray for people. We lift them up to God and say, God, who's the one for me? Who do you want me just to share the love of God with, to share my story with, to tell them what you've done? Lord, and um, for those <clears throat> who want to know who are lost, the search is on. Jesus has not stopped searching. He's searching now. And there's no need to wait until things change. There's no need to wait until we get back. You know, I'll, I'll wait until I can go and pop into a church building. The church is the people. If you know someone in church, that's how you connect with church. It's the people. And today, that change can come to your house. That change can come into your heart, into your life. That change, that re coming back to God, that being found can come into your into your life because today you can be found by the good shepherd what a wonderful story so i want to finish with a prayer i want to pray for two types of people <clears throat> i want to pray for the church and then <clears throat> i want to pray for the lost so you can listen you can pray with me but that's up to you father i want to pray for the church that you give us the same uh, passion that you have for the one 
I believe, Lord, confident that, that you have done that. But often we want to know who, how and when. And I want to pray that you'll answer that, Lord, to us individually, that you will help us to know who, when and how. And Father, I thank you for this wonderful love that you've, of God that you've given us. And to the lost, Lord, I want to pray that you would drop in their hearts the confidence that you are searching for them and you are but a call away. Lord, you said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek, you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Lord, if anyone here has just been moved by anything I've said, who, who knows that they're in this state of lostness in terms of their relationship with you, in their hearts as they say, God, I want to know you. Will you come and meet with them? Will you come and show them your love for them? You've done it all on the cross. You held out your arms and showed us how much we, we were loved by you. You've made the way back. You're offering forgiveness. You're offering a new life. And say, Lord, I pray that people listening, Lord, that one that is listening this morning will know you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. just want to thank you for listening. And if, there's, if something's just encouraged you or given you a question, drop something on the chat. Someone will talk to you, can pray for you. Um, get in touch if you want to know more. And, um, but I just pray God bless you. And I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this. And church, just encourage you. Let's keep moving forward in God and uh, enjoying each other together. And let's see this week who is the one that God is searching for through you. Amen.